perfection. participating in these French noises. <laughs> we, you are listening to the last uh, last refuge of the captain. Sorry, I ate a little French man uh, and he just came up. I had a little frog, frog in your throat. <laughs> hey. Anyway, I'm oh, Gaul. <laughs> oh, I'm Moses. I'm Ted. Je me parle. Wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You speak Moses? <laughs> Um. <laughs> what is the theme for this week? We watched some French sci-fi movies. Alphaville, Fantastic Planet, although the French title is Planète Sauvage, which means wild planet. Why didn't they translate it the other way? Mm-hmm. That one was my favorite. Spoiler. Uh, you know, uh, and also La Jete. They're both gr- They're all great. Yeah, I also watched the 1902 short Voyage to the Moon. Just FYI, this is just films. Because I know, like, Jules Verne... And Planet of the Apes are all French. But, Wait, Planet uh, of the Apes is French? Yeah, the writer is. I had no idea. Yeah, we can watch French movies and read the English subtitles, but we can't read French. That's crazy. Who would do such a thing? <laughs> well, I mean, they, they translate those books into <laughs> English. Pardon? <laughs> that doesn't seem like a thing that the the Academy <laughs> Francaise would allow to happen. <laughs> English is not uh, an appropriate language for our fiction. <laughs> the uh, sublimity of the ideas, uh, they do not uh, properly uh, translate. That is one thing I enjoyed about Alphaville is how, like, they take all the double talk, philosophical double double talk, and really satirize it. Okay, so you know, like, in the film, Jean-Luc Godard has people, when they want to say yes, they shake their heads no in the opposite so if they're saying no, they shake their, they nod their heads yes. And I, there's like trivia that I was looking up, and somebody wrote uh, "goof." <laughs> <laughs> what a blunder! <laughs> what a what a blunder! <laughs> it's like I was, my mind was blown. I was like, "Goof!" <laughs> a, a man's innermost thoughts simply cannot be expressed through language. <laughs> I was looking up some music. There's a lot of music, uh, in theory, that could be played. Uh. <laughs> yes, but only in theory. Um, in practice, we've never figured out how to play music on this show or any other. But there's, hopefully there's that song, one of these weeks. Forever Young, I Wanna Be, by a band called Alphaville. Oh, that's the band's name. (laughs) They're named after the film Alphaville, much like the Cyndi Lauper song Time After Time is named after the film Time After Time. I guess apparently the Doors song, it's actually a really good song, uh, End of the Night, is inspired by a quote in Alphaville. There's a Swedish alt-rock band named Alpha 60. That's the name of the computer in the movie. Yeah, there's a, um, a a French electronic music duo named Air that, so this, the voyage to the moon is is a silent film so a lot of people have composed their own soundtracks to it they have and then the uh soundtrack 
to the film score to Fantastic Planet is pretty good. I heard that before I saw the movie. And a song we will not be playing, due to the fact that this is on the radio pre-Safe Harbor Hours, is by a band called ASAP Mob. I cannot say the name of the song, but I could tell you <laughs> the album it that it's me. on. Nope, won't do that, because it would be inappropriate coming from my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but the album's called Cozy Tapes Volume 1, and they sample music from Fantastic Planet. Glad yeah. we shouted out ASAP Mob. <laughs> On the show. Do you know, I don't know if I've told you guys this, but I have a, um, I have a, like a sailboat tattoo on my arm and I used to teach high schoolers and there's one kid that used to yell at me every time he saw me, he'd yell, little boat, little yachty. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty cool. Cool nickname. Yeah. Uh, Good camaraderie with your students. Thank you. Was this our music break? <laughs> yeah, this is when we play some little yachty, um, so people know what we're talking about. What are you thinking about, Ted? Oh, French stuff. Yeah, definitely that Air album. Definitely the Fantastic Planet soundtrack. Probably from Jean Jacques Perry. Got a lot of French music. Some of it is spacey. <laughs> everybody you're listening to the podcast version of last refuge of the incompetent that means all the music that we talk about and then subsequently play on the radio is edited out so that we can legally produce this show and put it up on different platforms for you to enjoy hopefully hopefully you're enjoying this who knows doesn't matter anyway if you would like to listen to the radio edit, you're in luck because we put all those shows up on Mixcloud, mixcloud.com. Just search Last Refuge of the Incompetent or go to our website, lastrefugepod.com, lastrefugepod.com. You can then have access to all the links that we talk about on the show, as well as the full playlists, as well as a link to the Mixcloud for that episode. And you can check out all the cool art for the show, because depending on what platform you're listening to, there may or may not be all that cool art displayed. Anyway, I've been talking for too long, so enjoy the rest of the show. Though they hold me aloft, further from truth and farther from home. Does anybody want to talk about the voyage to the moon? When the moon is a pie and gets hit in the eye, that's Georges Millet. Uh, Sorry, I didn't know how to make that one rhyme. That's what the movie's about, basically. Yeah, it came out in 1902. He was a magician. Did you guys know that? I did. Yeah, I didn't know that. He was a magician and an illusionist, and it's considered the first narrative science fiction film of all time. You can watch it on YouTube. We'll link to that. And that is actually inspired by some Jules Verne stories compiled Mm. together. Thought we should mention it if we're going to talk about French sci-fi. Props. Mad props to We're talking about Alphaville, 1965, new wave film by Jean-Luc Godard. A hard-boiled American detective, Lemmy Caution, travels, I guess, across the galaxy to Alphaville. But Alphaville is very clearly France. <laughs> so one fun part, it's, this is a funny movie. It's got all the, like, the plot is a very sci-fi plot, but the execution is a guy walking around France and 
and hanging out with a bunch of weirdos who are insane. So he goes to this place, Alphaville. He travels from the outer countries, which is who knows where, across the galaxy. But he got there by car. It's unclear. (laughs) The deal with this whole town is it's run by a supercomputer that is slowly outlawing all illogical human emotions and words. Uh, he's also a, a spy, and, you know, if someone comes shows up in his bathroom, he's going to shoot him. No one's asking any questions either way, before or after. Lemmy Caution is a character from this series of novels written by, a, like, a British guy, but he's an American who works with the FBI. I guess it was never, like, that popular in the U.S., because they never, like, made any film adaptations of it here. But they did in France. He was always played by Eddie Constantine, who's also in this. Um, so Godard just takes this hard-boiled detective character and decides, like, yeah, he's in space now, but I will not <laughs> do anything on film to indicate that... This is the future in space, other than, like, film at night. Yeah, there's no space, architecture-wise. He focuses on a lot of spiral staircases. But yeah, it's just, it's Paris. Spiral staircases, hotels, uh, an underground pool where people get, political dissidents get shot. Apparently that that actor, Eddie Constantine's career, was kind of ruined after this, because... What? He was, like, so tied to these Lemmy Caution character that when Jean-Luc Godard, like, flipped the script on it, nobody wanted to <laughs> nobody wanted to make more Lemmy Caution movies. <laughs> That's crazy. He did great. Like, he turned the whole trope uh, into this crazy thing. I admire, yeah, Godard's willingness to just sort of decide that you don't need special effects or really any... Yeah, elaborate set dressings or anything to yeah. make it look alien. Elaborate just or any set Paris. dressings. Just like... And just call it space. Yeah, just have people say that they're traveling to the galaxy and that Alphaville is it the uh, capital of the galaxy. And yeah, who's to say it isn't? Also, very little uh, script, apparently. Which I guess is common with Godard films. A lot of it is improvised and performances are on the spot. I believe uh, also Godard himself does the weird voice of Alpha 60. He does not. Oh, he does not. No, you know who does the voice? Is a man that wanted to remain anonymous, but it's a man who lost his uh, voice box or his larynx after cancer damaged it, and he has a mechanical voice box. Great choice. The voice doesn't really sound mechanical. It's supposed to be the voice of the super intelligent computer, and he narrates parts of the movie. It doesn't sound mechanical, but it does sound like deeply gravelly, possibly, you know, and it is, it it sounds right on the edge of processed and and natural. Like, could this guy be a guy's real voice? It's so strained, too. Like, the breaths are so heavy. Oh, you bet. Yeah. Yeah, good impression. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do it a lot. I saw a lot of go to our films in college. The one thing I wanted to point out, so I guess the computer, a lot of the lines are cribbed from... Borges? Jorge Borges? There's a... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not just Borges. Jorge Borges. George's Borges. And there's... George's Borges. <laughs> and there's, so there's a line that the Alpha 60 says that begins, Time is the substance of which I am made. And that's paraphrased from a 1946 essay, A New Refutation of Time. And I'm going to read where it comes from, because I really like this quote. Our destiny is not frightful by being unreal. It is frightful because it is irreversible and ironclad. 
Time is the substance I am made of. Time is a river which sweeps me along, but I am the river. It is a tiger which destroys me, but I am the tiger. It is a fire which consumes me, but I am the fire. The world, unfortunately, is real. I, unfortunately, am Borges. And you so, just cool. yeah. put that over um, Eddie Constantine in like a coat, a long coat, uh, shooting nothing for no reason. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good like you know hardened detective shooting like he shoots his lighter on he shoots out the breasts in a porno mag he's like yep still got it (laughs) my favorite thing about eddie constantine is he's an american expat who's born israel constantine to los angeles Mm. in los angeles to russian and polish jewish immigrant parents and and it's just funny to me the like old Hollywood. There's a lot of immigrant people that were then had to like change their name and adopt this like classic American persona. And I think that mm-hmm. this whole idea of a hard boiled American detective uh, is just this just Jewish guy named Israel. <laughs> Ted, what do you think Alphaville has to say about time? There's an Institute of Semantics that is a very strange slideshow about what language is and isn't, what thoughts are and aren't. The movie has philosophical themes and also political themes because it's about kind of this authoritarian state. Words and feelings are outlawed. It's an interesting contrast to a lot of his other films of the time because, I mean, he's a very political filmmaker, but most of his movies, you know, aren't science fiction so he's usually just talking about algeria or the war in vietnam or strikes whereas this seems to be more sort of about bureaucracy and sort of the computerization or mechanization of life in a way that seems very sort of foreshadows like the concerns of may may 1968 alphaville is established as the um capital of the galaxy but it's never established where it is the outer countries where he's from where eddie constantine is from like new york and tokyo and um i think even paris are mentioned as being nueva york yeah being part of them so alphaville like isn't just a sort of a stand-in for america it sort of seems like it's a a mix of the worst elements of the American and the Soviet systems. Yeah, it's supposed to be a completely le- reason and logic-based society. All the streets are, you know, it's, go down to Enrico Fermi Street, meet me by Mathematics Park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's flashes of E equals MC squared all the time. Yeah, that pop neon. Up. A lot of good neon signs. Yeah, and that's contrasted with, you know, having a conscience and um, falling in love and just being kind of spontaneous. Being uh, French. Yeah, being French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, so what is the deal? I have to admit that towards the end of this movie, I was falling asleep because I was tired. <laughs> and so he, what, he confuses the computer, Alpha 60, with a poem? Yeah. And that's how he gets away? Love defeats the, the computer. Classic trope. His love for that woman, I think, is one of the things that Jean-Luc Godard's muse, that actress, I guess, was in a lot of his films. And divorced him the same year Alphaville was released. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I believe the end of the Godard Karina artistic part. Oh, there's, there's one thing that this movie reminded me of because part of the movie is about how there's the center of the galaxy, Alphaville, and the outer countries are constantly si- sending spies to each other to try to sabotage various things, uh, and apparently just gets you know more and more elaborate. And that reminded me of this Stanislav Lem uh, book called Memoirs Found in a Bathtub, which is explicitly about the U.S. Soviet spy system you know taken to its bureaucratic extreme where this story is told from the point of view of this guy who wakes up in this underground 
huge underground complex uh, of spying and counter spying units and uh and that's it there's so much spying and counter spying and counter counter spying that it's become just a lot of paperwork no one even knows which side they're on anymore i enjoyed because i was a little bit tired watching the film as well (laughs) and what got me into it was just the weirdness of i knew this character is this like hard-boiled, film noir, American detective that spoke French. And so it was just so funny to me. Like, one of the first scenes, he just, like, smoke, takes out a cigarette and goes, D'accord! <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, what? <laughs> Amour? Yes, c'est. That's the person who doesn't know what love is. The bit about not knowing what love is, the way censorship works in the film, or is kind of suggested to work in the film... Uh, was very reminiscent of the memory police. Anna Karina's character, who is the daughter of the scientist uh, Von Braun, a.k.a. Leonard Nosferatu. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of subtlety Uh, there. (laughs) Yeah. The the Nosferatu daughter is talking about how she misses words that um, have disappeared. Um, And she says, like, they're not banned, they're just, they've been disappeared because they're not useful anymore. But she still remembers all of them and misses them um, and can talk about them. Yeah, it was very much how disappeared things worked in the memory police. People do remember them, but say that they don't and they're gone. I wish I could remember this thing I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The the other little detail that establishes that as being very like post-Cold War ideological battle is that uh, Lemmy Caution's front uh, or his cover is as a journalist for uh, Figaro Pravda which is just... Ivan Johnson (laughs) 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 What's an what's an American name? Ivan Johnson (laughs) (laughs) Sorry What were you going to say about uh, Oh he he just works for Figaro Pravda which is the big Soviet newspaper plus the big French newspaper film that i did not fall asleep on that i am now very into i'm glad i watched it for the first time is fantastic planet it was so good i loved it that came out in 1973 it's animation it's based on a french novel by a man named stefan wool and it depicts a world in which humans are the playthings of blue humanoid giants it is pretty imaginative like it's an insane they draw all kinds of insane stuff uh, all right, so the giant blue people are drogs, and the mm-hmm. humans are om. Yeah. In the subtitles, it's om, but om, that's French. H-O-M-M-E. I figured it out eventually, about halfway through. <laughs> I think it is uh, actually, when they're speaking in French, it's not, it, it's derived from om, om, H-O-M-M-E, but it is actually om when they're speaking in French. I know it's a hard, it, yeah, does that make sense yeah, what I, I just dare, said? It's my I understanding as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah, you can't tell the difference as a... Yeah, and so the humans are just these these tiny little animals to these giant super intelligent beings. And that's the story of the movie is how the humans eventually show that they can think, show to the drugs that they're, you know, they shouldn't just be exterminated like vermin. But meanwhile, you just are on this incredibly alien landscape. And there's a bunch of great made-up alien words, like the whole education system is like, oh, yes, the blurgs are, and they do better than blurgs. It is really beautiful. Really, really 
gorgeous yeah, animation. Yeah, the animation style is totally different from anything else. It's um, hinged paper cutouts, so it wasn't wasn't transparent cells. And the whole it's uh, in Czech. It's a French Czechoslovakia collab, and it was all animated in Czechoslovakia. Which apparently in 1968, when when did the Soviets invade Czechoslovakia? There was a they. I think it might have been 1968. Sixty-eight was Hungary. Um, so maybe sixty-nine. Around then, I found something that said that the film was like on track, and then the Soviets invaded, and they had to like there was like a bump in the road, and they had to. It took them a while to finish. Oh it. yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Prague was sixty-eight. Hungary was in the fifties. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's all right. And uh, the, went the, Ted. you almost totally <laughs> blew your credibility there. I know. You, you <laughs> we'll fix it in post. <laughs> no, no, an opportunity for me to keep me correcting Ted in is staying. If anything, um, Gall's going to make you even more wrong in post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've corrected you twice this episode, it, but the entire animation team is uh, women. I guess there's some nudity. I guess that we should warn people about some animated nudity. <laughs> yeah, it's very French. I was in Paris for one night last New Year's. We are flying back from Morocco and we did. We spent New Year's in Paris, and we went to we went to the Lido, which is like a big cabaret, famous cabaret oh. in France. And there were so many naked women, <laughs> and so I think it was like watching this was like very French, like very nymphy sort of women, like pl- oh. running around naked sort of thing. Yeah. So warning: if you have a problem with breasts, <laughs> animated breasts. Human or blue. Yeah, you get both kinds. They do, I don't know how to explain how, why it's so good, but they do such a great job of making the humans tiny. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like a dumb thing to say, but it really feels like you're in this world where humans are really small compared to everything else. And there's just like a lot of imaginative alien world stuff going on in the background. Like, yeah, that's just weird. Insane meditation. But still they have the political squabbling over disagreeing about what should be done about these gross vermin. So it's a very allegorical film, incredibly allegorical. I guess a lot of academics have debated about whether or not it's directly about racism or human rights or animal rights or a little bit of all three. Yeah. Um, Why not? What was your favorite in crazy creature situation? I'm thinking of that giant bird that had that (sighs) weird hollow beak that drilled into the tree and killed a bunch of humans. The sound that bird made was... Yeah, 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 yeah. I liked the weird slug creatures that somehow regurgitated a like a oh, like spun clothing. Silk. Yeah, I guess yeah, they, <laughs> that makes a bunch more of sense. Foam. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they were definitely regurgitating whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. Well, I mean, silk is pooping. It's just it's equally gross. Yeah, yeah, it's just regular regurgitated. <laughs> so that makes sense. Then. <laughs> it makes sense. It sense. Yeah, is that what regurgitating is? <laughs> 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 what it's been all this time? The laughing thing in the big cage. Remember that one, Gal? Uh, tell me, say it one more time. I didn't leave to go get a <laughs> glass of whiskey. What? <laughs> this is just this is just for us. No, the creature oh, okay. that was in a cage and it had this big nose full of tendrils that would grab these fish birds out of the air and slam on the ground, and then it yeah. would laugh. Yeah. And then we it zooms out and we see the ground is strewn with the corpses of these birds and this fish birds and this creature is <laughs> laughing he just kills them for fun oh and then we move on there's a lot of little things like that in the movie where you just 
Here's some a totally insane thing. Okay, next scene. It reminds me a lot of animation from that period, which is always really fun to watch. Just, just you know, art animation. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Gorgeous. Regurgis. Regurgis. <laughs> you talking about gurgitating again? <laughs> talking about, <laughs> talking it's about just so beautiful. It's regurgis. <laughs> regurgis. Yeah. Yeah. Did like the clothing that the uh, wild ohms wear? Did it just have like all sorts of little doodads? On them that look completely ridiculous and clownish. The chief of the wild ones has that. Oh, that's true. Where's an octopus? (laughs) (laughs) It's like an eggshell on his head, and then. You like trial by combat where the participants just strap this animal to them (laughs) and (laughs) wait until they kill. Yeah, God. Yeah, watch the movie, everyone. (laughs) And the soundtrack, it's great. We're gonna play it. We already have. Yeah. (laughs) You've either heard it or you're about to hear it right now. La Jetée, 1968, Chris Marker, 28 minute long art film. What's what's so arty about it? Well, it's a bunch of still <laughs> photographs of which there's a name for this. Was it called Roman Photograph? No, that's not it. I did not know there was a name for it. I didn't. I mean, it makes I, sense. There's a name oh for it. Oh my God. I didn't find it's it in the my credits research. and it's on the Wikipedia. So we're going to pause right now. Like Wikipedia corner with Moses. Everyone, drop what you're doing. I don't care if you're driving a truck. <laughs> uh, photo roman. That's oh, okay. What is roman romantic like a photo, photo novel? Bird. I could have just stayed with what I said the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does say un photo roman de Chris Marker. It's a bad accent. It's anyway. <laughs> pronounced Chris Marker. Hello, Chris I'm Marker. a famous uh, French uh, filmmaker. Chris Marker. <laughs> it is a pleasure <laughs> to meet you. <laughs> anyway, 28 minute movie, a bunch of still photographs. And it's got some time travel. That's what it's about. Time travel, memory, uh, being still in time. That's part of the motif. And it was a incredibly influential film. But apparently <laughs> it was inspiration for Terminator. I believe that. And it's explicitly the basis for 12 Monkeys, the Terry Gilliam. Oh, I mean, it's like a remake, 12 Monkeys. Yeah, which I also enjoy a lot. But this one's diff- this one has some big differences about, like, at this one, there's a point where he goes into the future. They never do that in 12 Monkeys. But they're both about an apocalypse has kind of befallen the human race. An underground group is trying to send someone back to help out somehow. Bring something back. See what's going on. Do something. But neither of them are about changing time. That's the nice part about time. the time travel. It's just about spending time. Like That's the, the whole emotional part of the movie. Is the guy's like, oh, I remember this world from my childhood before the apocalypse. God, I just want to stay there. Well, there's kind of like this undercurrent of the futility of changing time. Proustian sci-fi. Um. <laughs> yeah, the reason he can travel time is that he has such a strong single memory that he thinks about a lot. Yeah, like so that mo- gives him the power to travel to that time. They've been experimenting with time travel and they find that most people, when they experience themselves like reborn as an adult in the past... They just go crazy and die, but um, they need someone who has a strong self-image. So I also watched um, Je T'aime, Je T'aime, sort of... Phonetically similar. <laughs> yeah, and they're both about... So um, on a, in our time travel episode, I talked about how most songs about time travel are just songs about, like, regretting something you did in a relationship, using a time machine metaphor. 
And Jatem Jatem is uh, that in film form. Um, <laughs> it is only very loosely about sci-fi. It's mostly just a guy remembering a bunch of dates he went on. And <laughs> the film tells you that he's traveling through time in a weird little Cronenberg-esque sleeping pod thing. It's sort of similar to La Jete in that as much oh, as yeah, the sci-fi I did, I did like that all the, all the, all the like bulbous growth plants and creatures in Fantastic Planet also seem like something in a Cronenberg movie, of something growing out of a body. If you've never seen 12 Monkeys, you guys should watch 12 Monkeys. It's a really good movie. And if you want to be like, if you want to impress that art school person. The art school person you're watching 12 Monkeys with. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you ask Bring this, up if, if, Bring if up you're the asking phrase, this person on a date, yeah, there you go. Mm. <laughs> They're going to be like, this Did person. you know that this film was based on a photo roman? <laughs> <laughs> You do it as like as pretentious as possible. Make that other person feel really bad about not knowing <laughs> what La Jete is. Or at least really bad about hanging out with you. Yeah. <laughs> One of the two. That's the goal. Presumably there are some college students listening to this. And as learned adults in this world, we're just giving you the real truth about how to... Had a yeah, bag of person. <laughs> We've learned so much since college. It's so definitely much. changed. We're still yeah. in KCSB. <laughs> yeah. So when we were talking about... Oh my god, is this show a time machine? I just realized. <laughs> 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 also, this is... I have a... My, I think I've, you know, I've said my background is in physics, and so I've been developing this theory. I think I'm ready to pitch it. You know, refrigerator. You heard about those yeah. refrigerators? Those are time machines. <laughs> <laughs> because they're reversing entropy. Or? Ted, I don't need to explain they're... this. I just need to say it. <laughs> a refrigerator is a time machine. All right. Ah, uh, thank you, Moses. Anytime. That- I gotta start a blog for this. <laughs> I mean, we have That's a website. Kind of we can just put in a we can put in a blog section. Insights <laughs> by Moses. Hmm, all right. Insights come from up with MJ one Marsh. Sentence a week. <laughs> I think I can insight. do. Moses. Yeah, weekly, weekly insights. Insight. Yeah. I mean, give it to me. I'll put it. I'll put it in that website. New feature. <laughs> I think I've I've got some three by five cards as a backlog of insights I've had over the past whatever <laughs> lifetime I've had. I guess. I mean, that's true, right? That wasn't. Yeah. 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 The way the way time travel was treated in, in both La Jete and Jatem Jatem reminded me a lot of um, how to survive in a science fictional universe. Yeah, there's a sort of semi scientific or technological aspect to it, but yeah, it's largely just about memory and nostalgia and regret and whatnot. When we were talking about Soviet film, some Soviet films in our Soviet episode, we talked a bit about difficulty of censorship or like getting approval to make things and the, mm-hmm. just the material limits on, you know, what your budget was like, how Stalker lost a reel of stuff and mm-hmm. they just couldn't refilm any of it. Yeah. And really, I mean, Outside of Hollywood, that's pretty much, you know, it's not just behind the Iron Curtain. That's most countries have not been able to make, you know, high budget films with realistic special effects. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything that, like, connects the three movies we've talked about, it's using much less to do more. Godard's decision to just, like, say, no, 
I can say it's in space, and it's in space. Do you know what I noticed that kind of made it feel spacey in Alphaville? There's all these moments where he's in the where he's in the hotel, and there's just like a woman clawing at the wall, or like a guy like walking really weird, and you just get this like mm-hmm. weird feeling that it, this yeah, isn't. Yeah, the performances are all reality. alien. Mm-hmm. You don't know who anybody is. Ah, that's what yeah. I remembered. The other thing I wanted to say about that. <laughs> Is that uh, so? You mentioned already that you know they shake their head and say yes, they nod their head and say no, and then anytime they go up to talk to someone and there's an awkward silence, not Lemmy because he doesn't he doesn't do any of their weird stuff, but <laughs> they will just say I'm fine, don't worry about it, don't even ask about it, I'm fine. That's not like they start a conversation or end a conversation. <laughs> it's just uh, unprompted. They'll say I'm fine. You don't have to ask about yeah. it. They're like NPCs with only like one line of dialogue <laughs> programmed. What does NPC stand for? Non-player character. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. You know, the people you, know, you walk you up to. You played a lot of role playing games, yeah. and you know the old uh, Final Fantasies. Uh, what, what else is good? Earthbound. I'm trying to make this show accessible to people. That <laughs> no, we're talking are, about video you know. games now. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I need you to define NPC. That's all. You, you need you someone to give you a mission. <laughs> if some character that says, "I need you to find these twelve pumpkins," you go do it, and then you get I don't know some kind of amulet. <laughs> video games are great oh man my 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 partner at work this co-worker that i have it's two of us together he was like uh walking me through this video game that he plays like really excitedly like yeah and then a bunch of guys came up at me and i had to like shoot and he was like animated and explaining it to me and i was just transported back to high school and i was like (laughs) that was probably pretty exciting uh when you were doing it (laughs) yeah it's what like game someone was telling Left you your dreams. Two, I heard there was a new update. <laughs> I was, it's like someone that you play with your friends where you kill people and stuff. I don't know. Well, thanks for narrowing it down. <laughs> <laughs> we interrupted you when you were explaining the other movies, how they're related. Oh, no, just Oh, yeah, they, doing more with less. Yeah, and La Jete manages to... I mean, I'm sure La Jete had a tiny, tiny budget, but just with, like, a few costume decisions and moody lighting, it establishes, yeah. like, a sci-fi alternate world feel pretty effectively. Um, yeah, and the rhythm of the going through the photographs really is great. Yeah, you How that up- changes. It's a it's a great, like, yeah, movie-watching experience that, you know, why don't people make more photo romans? Mount Eerie, Mac- the Microphones album, the video, it's one long song, and his video is a photo roman. Like, it's him, Phil Elverham, going just... He has a huge pile of photographs, and he's taking one photograph off at a time. When I was looking at music for this episode, it was a lot of, like, music videos that were inspired by Le Jete. Mm. And I was like, well, that this is the wrong medium to <laughs> play. But yeah, but check it out. Listener, watcher. Watching Le Jete, you're kind of surprised that more people didn't try to use the format more often, because it, it works so much better than you might expect. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, you might get pretty tired of it at like a feature length, length, 80 minutes or whatever. Yeah, that's also, true. Half hour is just right. And for all we know, a lot of people did do it back in the 60s and it, they were <laughs> not good. So, <laughs> <laughs> Memory and time travel is funny like that. <laughs> you can only go to the good good places. The good place. That's a good show. <laughs> yeah, it's a sci-fi. Well, it's speculative. speculative. <laughs> did you call us dorks? So we huh? can call this, Moses. Did you say? So, did you say that? <laughs> go. What's your update on Farscape? <laughs> oh, that's an excellent question. It was a really good question. I am currently on season three, episode oh. eighteen. So I just f- finished episode eighteen. It was a fun episode. This one is where there's a, f- a female Hynerian 
and Rigel. No. Gets, gets it on. Get out. It's, there's oh, yeah. puppet. There's puppet boning in this episode, and it was much <laughs> like there was uh, animated nudity in yeah. Fantastic Planet, Planet Sauvage. You can yeah, have tiny, some muppet boning. Yeah, slug boning. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. the The thing is, is that I'm speed. I'm speeding through Farscape, which is unfortunate because mm-hmm. I'm gonna. F- there's only one more season plus a miniseries. Or, uh, what's the word? Yeah, and a if special. you want to watch it right, you have to get to the cliffhanger at the end of season four and then wait a few years <laughs> before they finally. Anyway, that's been our Farscape Roundtable. <laughs> Join us next Farscape? week for another episode of our show, Bingescape. <laughs> hey! Oh, God, those shows are horrible. We're. <laughs> Shows where people just talk about the TV that they watched. Yeah, I'd like to think this isn't that. We do a a lot of research. We give you some insight. But yeah, like, what's the one after? What's the one with the zombie movie? Talk. Oh, God. I mean, what? (laughs) Why? Wow, that's so funny. Like and subscribe, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do we have any mattresses we want to sell? Or like, uh, stamp (laughs) vendors? (laughs) No, you're listening, probably, to KCSB. (laughs) FM 91.9 in Santa Barbara, the community radio station. I can see yourself wondering, wait a minute, didn't you guys say you edited out all the music for the show? Well, then who is this intoxicating voice that I've been listening to? Oh, well, that is none other than Sarah Stanley, a.k.a. Focus Bird. Surprise, surprise, a good friend. (laughs) Who'd have thunk it? And she gave us permission to use all her music. And if you like it, go check her out on Bandcamp. Bandcamp, search Focus Bird. Or, like I said earlier, if that's too hard for you, just go to lastrefugepod.com. You can find links to all her music there. Thanks for listening. My final thought is there are a lot of French films that are sci-fi. <laughs> that we didn't watch? That we did not watch. But I was more amazed oh, no. at how much, how big the science fiction genre was in the French oeuvre, oeuvre, or Or d'oeuvre. Yeah, they don't have the budgets you're used to with sci-fi made in Hollywood, so a lot of them are like, yeah, I guess this is uh, conceptually sort of science fiction-y, but they don't they don't look like you might expect. Except for, and when they do try to like look for it, look like that, often it's not good. There's a <laughs> Immortal Ad Vitam from 2004 that has extremely 2004 uh, CGI movies that vary shot on a green screen. Good for them. They try. <laughs> The fight in French. <laughs> Check out our website, guys. Lastrefugepod.com. I put a lot of work into that website. It's a good looking so, website. If I do say yeah. so. If I do say so, so myself. We need to update some links. If you were like a fan of the show, which <laughs> I don't know if you exist, but if you were and you were like, oh gosh, I wish there was just more content. You went on our website. There's so much stuff there. We linked all kinds of stuff. Scholarly articles, LibriVox recordings, you name it. Wikipedia. <laughs> a lot of Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, I just checked our email box just in case somebody had sent us anything. And don't worry about it, nobody has. <laughs> don't send us anything at 
The last refuge of the incompetent at gmail.com. Maybe people don't realize that it's the. There's a the beforehand. Do you think I'm not saying the enough? Probably somebody with last refuge of the incompetent at gmail.com, which somebody has. They're getting flooded. Is, yeah. Yeah. getting flooded. Leave us a voicemail, 805-253-3091. Yeah, major props to the radio crew at UC Santa Barbara, the student-run radio station, like the whole committee there. This is a tough time to be doing a community-run radio station, and they're organizing a lot. Yeah, they're doing a good job. Thank you, young people at KCSB. Santa Barbara's best radio station, as voted by the readers of whatever that newspaper is. (laughs) One time I went to this party with strangers, or it was like a friend of a friend, and uh, there was an independent reporter at the party. Now, this is in college, so this guy was at least in his late 20s, and (laughs) he was a total creep. (laughs) And he and he lived in a, a van, in. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> at the back of someone. Hold on, I'm almost back on his side now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was not subtle in his desire to yeah. bone college women. Next week. Oh, go ahead. Just use the the term boning a lot more in this episode than past episodes. Yeah, I, think I was twice trying to find a compared to zero. But... I was trying to find a euphemism that could be kept in so i didn't want to have i didn't want to say have sexual intercourse so i but yet now you have well big embarrassing day for golf (laughs) (laughs) guys next week next next week she has so much flop sweat on her forehead you can't even see right now (laughs) (laughs) that's my cartoon reaction Oh, guys, this content is gold. <laughs> Keeping yeah. it in. And People don't probably listen will. for this sci-fi. They listen, listen to hear three friends screw around. <laughs> you guys, next week is Halloween. And I know there are people out there that are big fans of Halloween and are disappointed that, that COVID is, is here. <laughs> you can't go trick-or-treating. <laughs> can't go trick-or-treating. <laughs> good face that Moses just made. <laughs> you, you saw the actual regret that I couldn't go on my face, so I tried to hide it, but it's there. It made I the really joke. I wish I could go. So we're doing a Halloween episode. We will do a Halloween episode, and we decided on the things that we will discuss, so we can tell you those things now. Tim Curry's Anything Can Happen on Halloween from The Worst Witch. You could watch that song right now on YouTube, and it's got some incredible green screen. It's got every single effect that was in the amateur filmmakers video or video public television video producers library yeah we're gonna watch tetsui the iron man videodrome and we're gonna discuss the book house of leaves house of leaves ladies and gentlemen house of, of leaves what kind of house is it it's made of twigs <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's the whole I'll spoil it. The, it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. That's the whole thing. Is, wasn't that basic concept ripped off in like a Kevin Bacon movie recently? There is one, a scary movie with Kevin Bacon. What? Yeah, and it, maybe it's based off of After House Hollow of Man. <laughs> <laughs> After Hollow Man. Yeah, it's in the trailer that he discovers the house is bigger on the inside. Than oh, the are they making a movie out of House of Leaves? You it's, may have heard this. That's the thing. It's not a House of Leaves movie. It's just a bigger mm-hmm. on the inside than outside movie. Oh, um, Chris Marker's real name is Christian Hippolyte Francois Georges Bouche Villeneuve. 
Yeah, so that that makes more, more sense. <laughs> yeah. Good call to go to marker. He's one sharpie fellow. <laughs> See this? You gotta keep it. You gotta put content. This back in. Content. He really made his mark on cinema. No, no, that part. You cut. <laughs> <laughs> he inked the deal. Okay, what what are we doing here? Sweet dreams. I don't know. Sweet dreams. Yeah. It's, 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 sweet. <laughs> sweet dreams and Science fiction.